0: Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to the Over the Top Podcast, the most brutally honest and offensive podcast for freelancers, coaches, consultants, and professional service providers of all flavours who are sick to the back teeth of being led on, fobbed off, given the runaround and goaded by time wasted wannabes, tie kickers, and price buying window shoppers. And if you're brave enough to be a maverick and swim against the glutinous tide of Me Too mediocrity, and you're happy to ruffle feathers, step on toes, and slaughter sacred cows, then gird your loins, pin back your ears, and pay attention. If you need to write it or you just want any of the resources we mentioned in the podcast, email holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk and she'll take care of you. I'm a father so I take a cut. Anyway, let the mayhem begin. Hi everyone, welcome What back. season is this? Season three. Is it the season Sons of through the technicality? I'll tell you what, by the time I got through to season, I think it was seven of Sons of Anarchy. I just wanted it to be over.
1: Oh, I didn't finish it. It turned to the pilot's show, I thought. Yeah, I
0: know, but again, being, being an Aspie, you've got to do that, you've got to finish these things. I'll tell you I, what, I do know if it looks the same at your end, but at my end, my own video, it looks like I've got a false background behind me, doesn't it? With the lighting. It, it does a little
1: bit, yeah.
0: But I've not, I mean, look, anyway, it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real deal. That is actually a pencil shot. These are filing cabinets. They are empty vodka bottles up there. Can you see them? So, anyway, today what we're we talking about meta thinking, aren't we? The focus of this series, because Connor's playing with it porn or something. The focus of this season of the podcast is the Essential shifts we have to do as freelancers, or you have to do as freelancers. We don't have to do; we've already done them. Uh, if you wanted to be your business to be different, because here's the thing, you see, most of the things we see, and we don't really have any competitors. There's one, there's one the or two wannabes out there, and I'm not knocking them; they do their best. They're just not very good. But most people, when they and you, see, you know, even you see coaches and, and people, they talk about incremental improvements in your business fix something make something a bit better tighten all the loose bolts and stuff we actually and be, this was after my autism diagnosis we went right back to me and connor and we stripped everything down and we rethought out everything based on what we need to happen to make it work for me being the way i am <laughs> retard yeah yeah, absolutely and, and what the thing is what people don't seem to understand is what what works for me, what what's essential for me is actually beneficial for others. Such so as everybody likes a fairly quiet, subdued atmosphere. It's essential for me, but it's just nice for others, you know, like shopping malls when they're loud and bright and clattery. Nobody, nobody enjoys that. Whereas for me, they're overwhelming for you, they're just unpleasant. Anyway, so we when we start working with clients, we'd go through this in the boot camps and stuff. We start at what we call the meta level, that is thinking about thinking, meta thinking. Because most people, they, they, and for all kinds of probably fairly good reasons, when they start thinking about improving their business, changing their businesses, making more money, getting better clients, making predictable sales, they think on improving what they're already doing. But of course, that just gets you imp- incremental improvements. Because you, you, you shit at doing it, so you get a bit better at doing it. But it's not that, it's not so much that you're shit at doing it, just that it's a shit process. So all you, all you get is really good at the shit process, you know. Whereas we change that, we replace your business with something better. I think that's why, in some ways, sales can be slow for us at times because people just don't want to do the fucking work. So I'm comfortable. But those who do it, you know, we're filling up the boot the boot camp in June right now. You've got people paying us 500 quid without a sales page yeah we send them to a fucking uh payment page and say give us your money you can't i don't even know where it is
1: emails don't work though john so how do we do that sorry
0: sorry i forgot email marketing is dead
1: email marketing is dead yeah the money in the bank account from people paying through email with no sales page says otherwise
0: Fucking shitty link to a Stripe. Give us your money, page. <laughs> yeah, it is, <laughs> isn't it? It's,
1: it's a bank robber page. That's what we should start calling it—the bank
0: yeah. robber. Yeah, we don't even. We don't even. It's not even a Stripe page. It's, it's our own We're just stealing their credit card details. <laughs> <laughs> we oh, the Nigerian
1: like, prince did promise yeah. us a lot of money if we get getting some credit cards.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, here's a good example, right? This week, I <clears throat> started for the for my sins.
1: Sorry, John, have we clearly stated what today's episode is about?
0: I think so, yeah. I need to you go out and turn the recording off. I think I should some stuff up my note.
1: All right, I'll pause it. BRB. So, John, please state clearly what today's episode is about. And meta then thinking. I'll ask some questions. Meta thinking. Can meta you define what meta thinking is? Well,
0: it's thinking is? about thinking. And I say that because we get certain results in our business. And those results come from our actions. There's no two ways about yes. it, you know? can we know there's, the, there's the external influences, but we can't control those. We can control our actions, yeah? So we, we perform certain actions, we get certain results. And mostly that's predictable. And most of the time, if we want to improve our results, what most of us do is focus on doing more of what we're doing. Yeah. So we just get incremental improvements or changes, or no change at all. And that's a mistake because if you think about it, the way the way we act in our business comes from the way we think about it. So our thinking drives our actions, our actions drive our results. But what drives our action, what drives our thinking? Well, our beliefs. What we assume to be true. Because that's what a belief is: yeah. an assumption something is true without evidence. Not like people believe in God. That is a belief. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I don't believe the sun will rise tomorrow morning because it's risen every single day. We understand why it rises, so it's a reasonable expectation. We accept the sun will rise tomorrow morning because we know why it happens. It's not a belief, not really. But you know, I believe. So I believe my wife is telling me the truth because I've got no reason not to. If you make enough, that makes sense. But belief is accepting something is true without evidence. Now, that's okay, and we all have to do it at some point, I suppose, and mostly it's inconsequential, but the problem is most of us never question our beliefs, our assumptions. A good example is, as you know, I've combined. The problem is a 70-minute workout during the day, for me, probably takes the best part of two and a half hours out of that day because I go into the house, have a pre-workout food, Well, it always takes longer than the 15 minutes I put aside to eat it because then I have to prepare my post-workout food and i might sit at the kitchen table on my phone for a little bit and have a chat with sarah so that 15 minutes is probably nearer half an hour to 45 minutes then i'm going to be workout and again it's middle of the day so people are messaging me and I, I might sit there playing on my phone between sets so two minutes between sets might become three or four maybe five yeah and then after my workout i come back into the house i'll eat my post-workout chicken probably sit on my phone again have another chat with Sarah so those those 70 minutes probably expand the best part of two and a half hours that's a lot of time to take out the day I've always believed always assumed that I could never do early morning workouts that they would probably be fatal you know in a very short period of time and then Holly my daughter she just said she started doing them and a couple of my friends in fact one of the ladies who's booked to come on the event Joe Francis she's always in the gym early in the morning and it actually struck me well why don't I just give it a try why am I assuming I'm not going to be able to stand it or do it?
1: Why do you have this belief?
0: Yeah, why? There's no re- good no reason. Action. Yeah. No good reason. And to be fair, I used to do early morning workouts at Liverpool Street Station. Get I got off the train when I was working in London, but that was about seven o'clock, which isn't really that early. Probably near a, a half, seven. And, and I wasn't doing it with the same intensity or intent I am now. So I've never done one before. I just assumed it would be fatal, you know. So, this was Tuesday I had this realisation, Monday night. So, Tuesday morning, I did the Jocko Willink thing. If you want to get up at 5 o'clock, start by getting up at 5 o'clock. Got up at 5, I was in the gym for 10 to 6, and I was, it was leg day as well. So, know, it, it did worst like day. the worst possible day to do it, to start an early morning workout regime on leg day. That took fucking grit and determination, I'm telling you. Mm. And I've been doing that every day this week. So, uh, well, Wednesday I had a day off, it's, it's my, Rest there, but still got up at five o'clock to get momentum going. So Tuesday, Thursday, and today, Friday, three days I've got up and done my workout. And yes, it's been tough, but I'm not any weaker. Uh, it's probably harder, but I'm, I'm not dropping my weights or anything. I'm getting steadily stronger because I'm bulking up at the moment. And now you know what? It's not been fatal. And I'm not losing all You're that time. You're still here. And I'm getting better results because I've got more time during the day. I'm getting more done. Because something else, which is probably obvious in hindsight, and if we'd have probably thought about it properly, it would have been obvious before, but not missing those two hours of the three hours of the day, not only am I not losing that time, but I'm not being distracted. My thinking's a lot clearer. I'm a lot more focused all day on the same thing. Yeah. So that's a really good example of thinking differently about working out. And a changed assumption.
1: Yeah, there's... uh... Mm-mm. it's not the same story at all but i suppose it's another example of it i've got a uh, fat friend who's quite fat and um if you ask him why they're fat they say well i get hungry often and when you're hungry you eat his belief was hunger means eating like right, and for him that it's probably ingrained into him from a young age because he's got a large family if you're hungry you eat you eat yeah so you know input output um silly joke anyway so I said said to him "No, it's not normal to be hungry that much and also why do you believe you have to eat when you're hungry like that's just simply not true and he was like no one's ever said that to me before and it was that simple he was like no one's ever said it it was really weird because it wasn't meant to be anything profound I was like you don't have to eat if you're hungry everyone feels something and doesn't act on it um yeah. it's the exact same with hunger and for him it was like a big mind blowing moment because it challenged a core belief yeah. of his and then we dove into it and it was he was just bored he was completely unsatisfied with life which is why these feelings of hunger was coming up it was just something to do comfort, comfort eating yeah so okay. he he went into an existential crisis of challenging a belief around hunger and eating <laughs> Well, why am I so poor? well I hate my girlfriend I hate my job oh my god it was yeah <laughs> Deep
0: stuff. you kind of backed away slowly
1: <laughs> I regretted it I was like well, uh, I I'll you get probably. you another Stella uh, <laughs> or, or are we doing something about this now shall I get you a gin and tonic
0: <laughs> well, I mean another another you mentioned Stella and alcohol and another beneficial side effect of this is you can bet your life because I'm, I'm going to keep it going at the weekends I might as well there's no point to be lying into nine o'clock on a Sunday morning because then getting up on the Monday is going to be difficult. Well, yeah. if I'm getting up at five o'clock every morning, even if I actually go back to bed for a cup of tea and a read and a cuddle with Mrs. EVG, I'm not going back to sleep. It does mean that I'm highly unlikely not to be drinking at all. You know, no, no, a bottle of wine on a Wednesday night maybe mm. as a treat. Because I, I don't want to get up at five o'clock for gym on Thursday <laughs> after even a single bottle of wine the night before. I mean, yeah, you know,
1: that- That could be fatal.
0: A bottle of wine won't kill me. I barely know I've had it, but at five o'clock in the morning, you can bet your life it'll make itself known.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's interesting as well. There's no doubt you've noticed this a million times, but we've we've never really spoke about it. When the amount of times clients come to us with a perceived issue... (laughs) And the issue is actually just their, their, their preconceived belief around the way something should be done. Oh,
0: God, all the time, yeah.
1: It's, it's staggering, isn't it? Oh, well, well I have this issue because we can't do this. And simply by saying, well, why?
0: Yeah, what, what's stopping? Why? Well, a classic one, we won't name any names, but the, the guy in our group who's uh, getting divorced, he's separated from his missus, but living in the same house. He's been there for three years. And if you remember in his last hot seat, we just said to well, why don't you just get things moving and move out and separate? And his big light bulb went off. Oh, I could do that, couldn't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well, well, I don't understand why you haven't already.
1: Yeah. This, this is why I hate when I see like parents and this is probably easy for me to say because I'm not a parent yet. Um, but when I see parents getting annoyed with their kids asking why, shut up just because because i know the amount of good business advice i've given and received just from someone or myself just asking well why well why not why not and then you get down to some stupid belief that is usually well it's just the way it's always been done
0: well here's a really good example which is pertinent to what we're talking about now and the work we do um it was a discussion about getting paid for Initial consultations and then proposals. And now, as you know, people resist the idea of um, charging for initial phone calls. But often they'll get over it when they realise the sense. But charging for proposals, they just almost never will anyone do that. They just freaks them out. And this woman said, "You know, how how can you charge for proposal for a proposal?" when it's just a list of of work items you will do and the price. Well, the problem with that is you can't, you find it hard to charge for that because you don't worth it. Mm-hmm. But the fundamental problem here is the way, she, what she believes about what a proposal is. Yeah. You know, and we sell action plans. We tell, we teach people, you don't do a proposal, you do an action plan. Yeah. You know, and if you're, if so, it, you know, it's not applicable to every single business, obviously. I mean, like if we're selling, say we'd be selling a bespoke mentoring program or, or something bespoke like foundations, we don't need an action plan for that. It's a canned sales pitch. So no, you wouldn't charge for that. Of course you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you are doing a website, if you're a website designer and you get someone come along and say, oh, I've got an e-commerce store with we're doing all these different things and I need this cart and I want this email system. Well, that takes design work. Now, if you would do a proposal, which is basically the design exercise, why are you not charging mm-hmm. for it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you have to do these things if you want to charge higher prices on the back end. Absolutely. You can't submit, submit your proposal with line item. One website, a no. million dollars. Ain't going to no. fucking work. You've got to wireframe it. You've got to put it together. Get paid Why shouldn't for that. You get
0: paid for that, yeah. Mm. And advertising agencies, they, they get to do what they call pitch decks, don't they? They go with with concepts. Mm-hmm. And there was one the other day, this, this direct response guy who was mouthing off about how his pitch decks are better than his competitions because he spends 80% of his time on research for the pitch deck and 20% on preparing the pitch deck whereas most competitors spend 10% on research and 80% preparation and I just stopped him dead in his tracks by saying oh so you charge for these pitch decks then of course he fucking didn't well why not I would
1: yeah, that's why our pitch deck would be better than your pitch deck. And they, well, why? Because people pay for mine, they don't pay for yours. Yeah, exactly. Yours, yours is worth less than toilet paper. All of that time and effort you put into that to put it in front of someone is worth less than toilet paper.
0: They're not invested. You're not invested. You, you <coughs> always, because he, he was actually saying here, yeah, we only put 10, we only have to put 10 hours in, whereas other people put 20 or 30. Well, only. I'd put 100 hours in I'm being paid for, I don't care. Mm-hmm. If it, and if it takes 100 hours you will pay me for 100 hours
1: yeah it's it's something that uh we need to involve in our, our marketing a little bit more as well like here's what the best of the best do they do action plans not proposals and they get paid for them and you're not one of five people because you are preeminent. if you think of graphic design you think of this person and if you want the best you go through their process. This
0: will actually be going in the second edition of the book. Mm. And the first edition was very short. The second edition will be, will be thicker. Thicker, longer yeah. and uncut. Like <laughs> oh my cock. Yummy. Yummy. Um, and that will be coming out in a couple of weeks. But And all of this stems down to belief about your business.
1: Mm-hmm. And themselves. They don't, Absolutely. they don't... The majority of freelancers... I've come across anyway. Uh, They want to be a relatively small operation and they want to be seen as the expert, the authority, the go-to for the best work. And they all believe they are good enough at the current level to be that. They're just not it. But they expect someone to come along with the crown and say, here's the expert crown.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. They expect to be anointed.
1: You can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They expect to be down on one knee. Yeah, and Queen of Fucking Lady Darland comes out with her massive black uncut cock, rests it on either shoulders, and dribbles a little bit of precom on your forehead. You That's the little you Simba thing. Again, <laughs> I have A little Simba thing, the little cross on your forehead, and they go stand.
0: Yeah, waiting so I'm for now a... an expert. Dan. Dan Kennedy calls it the expert fairy, doesn't
1: he? It does he? I don't know. Yeah,
0: waiting for approval from the expert fairy. But it's true. Like, one day, one more project. And it doesn't help these people get their advice and their their moral support from their similarly struggling peers. Mm-hmm. I, I get why they do it. I really do, because it's comfortable, isn't it? It's easy and it's nice when you're feeling pretty shitty. It's nice to be told that it's not your fault and we're all feeling shitty. <laughs> you know, misery loves company. But the thing mm-hmm. is, and it's really hard to get, to get people to see this, that they... Freelancers are responsible for their own situation, and there was recently I saw a woman. I don't know whether we've spoken about this before on the podcast, but there was a woman who wanted. She was genuinely talking about she wanted someone, and by someone she means government, someone to instigate a minimum rate for freelancers in the same way there's a minimum wage. I mean, that is so unworkable. It's untrue. I mean, how do you even? It's a job. Yeah, well, it is the job, but I mean, even how would you enforce it? Rate, right. right. what do you mean by rate? Right? Do you mean the hourly rate, daily rate, project rate? And then, then how do you distinguish between really technical projects, like a medical website or something simple like a fucking toy shop? I mean, it makes no fucking sense. And what it is, it's, it's, I, I get why these people are doing it, because what they're trying to do is they want a, a difficult problem to be solved by someone else on their behalf.
1: Yeah, they want their. I'm finding this really <laughs> hard.
0: Someone please take care of me. Well, uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't happen, and it, it won't. And this fucking war in the Ukraine, coming right on the back of COVID, is not going to help at all. No. I foresee some fucking dire times for freelancers because the economy is tanked. What was the... What didn't you remember the other day? You mentioned inflation was it eight percent. Yeah, something like that. Was that. Shocking.
1: Yeah, uh, energy stopped. bills, energy bills are, apparently. I, I need to look into it, obviously, because I pay for fucking energy. It's just so back in the far of my mind that it's like, oh, but uh, I saw something today that energy bills are going to four to
0: 5X. Yeah, well, it's. it's that's <laughs> mental. That's what's going to happen. And, and there's that nothing we can do mental. about it. And even governments mm. can only, I mean, over here in Ireland, they've actually cut excise duty. They've had a, a like, late night emergency sessions of parliament because it requires an act of parliament to do it but they've they've done it but that's just a fucking sticking plaster Mm -hmm. you know we are we are i don't want to be a fucking doom monger we're heading for some really shitty times yeah really shitty times and freelancers they've got to have the worst of it and there's nothing for it but that we just have to endure you know we go through the stoic leadership and attitude model Now, coming into, you know, we accept the situation, we now have to endure it, and we do. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. Either it's going to happen. It's fucking, I mean, it's not even started yet. Not even started. This Ukraine thing is going to drag on. Ukraine will not surrender.
1: No, not not the size of his bollocks.
0: I think the the best we can hope for is that the FSB or someone in, in Russia thinks shit, the only way we can. Get out of this with a country and an economy which is still intact and have a way back on the world stage to being accepted among other countries is to fucking do away with this nutcase. Mm. You know? Mm. Sorry about that. It was a bit off. The, we went off on one, but we've got one. Yeah. Please, can we come back and play? Because their economy is tanked already. It's only been a couple of weeks.
1: And they're being cut out, aren't they, of like everything ah, yeah. Google Cloud Services, uh, Apple, Facebook. But yeah, a, a, a lot of it, I do wonder how much, you know, innocent people are just suffering now.
0: Well, they're always doing war, mate. True,
1: true. But it's it's interesting everyone takes a, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I honestly, John, I, I try and, I have a very small firm pin. policy when it comes to, very small penis, very firm policy when it comes to news that I don't look for it. And if it's important, I'll hear about it because people fucking gossip it. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about it. I don't want to
0: spend any time worrying so about So
1: what, what I'm saying here might be very naive, but well, from what I've seen, from what I've observed, is a lot of corporate companies is all, we stand with Ukraine, and then their actions are sanctioning Russia, um, such as suspending services. Uh, apparently, you can access Pornhub in Russia or, or something along those lines. I'll use that as an example but then it's like well hang on a minute now, now now you're deciding that a Ukrainian life is worth more than a Russian life why well, i don't get why you're suspending services that are used by ordinary people in oh, russia I, do. I don't get it because i don't get it
0: n- no sanctions that we can possibly level against russia will affect the rich and powerful mm-hmm. So, what we have to do is we have to do it indirectly by making it so unpleasant for the general population they overturn in some way. It becomes untenable to lead these people because they won't have it anymore. Revolution.
1: So, we're pushing Russia to genocide their own population?
0: Not so much as change. I guess, really, the long term effect, the long term desire will be we want the Russian people to depose their leaders.
1: They already are, though
0: they don't depose their leaders at all. Putin is still not, there. Not now imagine, imagine the idea of- the protests
1: and everything and, every, and
0: what yeah, But they've not done it yet. It's not achieved a yeah, game yeah. yet. So you know, the tide the t- you can turn the screws- don't get wrong, Is it even possible? Is, it is the poor people who always suffer. I mean, they did in Iraq with the sanctions as well. Um, they do in North Korea. It, it, yeah. but the alternative is what? I mean, if we went to war with Russia, it would turn nuclear. Putin's really Yeah. Pleased. I think the best yeah. thing we can hope for is someone of the FSB or maybe a bodyguard takes the fucker out. And then whoever takes over from him apologizes profusely and says, sorry about that. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, how do you come back from bombing a maternity, maternity hospital? <clears throat> do you, you don't. You don't, do you? I mean, it's, it's bad enough bombing a hospital of any kind but a maternity hospital will be fucking pregnant women, women giving birth, babies, I mean you, you don't come back from that, you don't get back in, invited back into the party do you? But anyway, the, the upshot is it's going to be fucking grim for freelancers because, they are going to be right, it will be grim for all the economy as a whole and all businesses will suffer. The problem with freelancers is they don't seem to understand they're running a business, many of them. So. They might think, okay, you're more secure in a job, but you're not, because the same activities that go on with your employer, payroll, taxes, national insurance, uh, finding business, selling business, and all that stuff, all the bits except for your little job at your desk, they still have to happen in the freelance business. They happen in the freelance business, they have to happen in a, an employee's business. As a, as a freelancer, at least you have fucking visibility and control of these things. Often, as as an employee, the first thing you know about the company struggling is you don't get paid and you get an email saying, sorry, your job isn't there anymore. The doors are locked. So you're no more secure. You just feel safer. It's an illusory sense of security. So it's going to affect everyone, businesses of all sizes across the board, at least as a freelancer, you have visibility and control of what's going on. I mean, you have control because you can decide what to do about it. And one thing you should be doing is running your business like a fucking business. You should be marketing properly. Not, I mean, I saw it just the other day. Someone was posting saying she's doing all the right things on LinkedIn, posting consistency, getting consistently, getting engagement, blah, blah, blah. She's been doing it for some time. I don't recall how long, but it, 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 was, it was months or years, probably months. She's had one inbound lead and no clients. I can tell her exactly why this is because she's getting engagement, not asking for the sale. But everyone's going in for engagement and they're all showing their this post went viral. This is how you do it. Keep doing it and you'll get there in the end. Uh, why would you want to go viral if it doesn't get you any fucking business? Yeah. Well, one, of my, I, uh, one of my mentoring guys, he lost 90% of his engagement. 90%! Now most people would freak at that but he just also happened to double his income at the same time. there's um
1: there's our our mutual black friend who has zero engagement honestly you go to his page he looks like it's it's a spam account um but he 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 generates just from social uh like 20 grand a month just from social i reckon over the course of a month i reckon he gets 25 likes so, a like is essentially worth 800 quid to him. <laughs> it's
0: absurd, isn't it? The, the people do. It. Of course, the, what people don't seem to understand is the people. Studying, what,
1: that's a great metric. Sorry. It'd be good to measure that, wouldn't it? It would At be. Although like you're talking the of
0: correlation, not causality.
1: No, I know, but it'd be funny, right? You got a million likes that month, but you only made a thousand pounds. So, a like you is worth X LinkedIn, amount.
0: LinkedIn trainers and influencers if you look at what they sell, they sell, they sell you engagement and they get loads of engagement. So it looks like they're selling you what they're doing, but they're not. Unless you want to become an influencer yourself, what they're selling you is, is, is pointless. They're doing the equivalent of, of advertising how to make a million dollars from direct response advertising. And you, you pay your, your 50 quid for the book and it's a, put an advert in the paper promising to make a million dollars from a book. Mm. That's what you do. You know, that's illegal now, but that's what that it's illegal because someone actually fucking did it. But that's what that's the equivalent of what they're doing. And unless, unless you want to get into that business of being an influencer, and I, I can't think of many things worse and, and dirtier, to be honest. Yeah, uh, you're wasting your time getting engagement. And so not only is it a waste of time, it's actually counterproductive. One woman was saying how her plan inverted commas are required here i think because it isn't much of one was to or is to build an engaged audience so it's a big audience of, of engaged people and then at some arbitrary time in the future then start to pitch her services to them
1: oh yes the the gary lee formula
0: but that's, why not cut out the middleman and just go for the people that are interested anyway? Because, you know, you can imagine you're, you're going to build a, a, a massive audience of people who are, say, interested in hearing about your fucking tattoos or your stupid coloured hair or your gender identity or your ice cream or how many fucking inappropriate DMs you get. All that usual bollocks they fucking post. Well, great. So you get a random selection of people with that as their interest. And among that random selection of people, there will indeed be people who might be in your target market. And you'll pick them off. Great. But why not just cut out the middleman and go for those people in the first place by writing posts that appeal to them directly? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because it's hard work and it's demoralizing because you don't always get the results you want. You don't get the likes, shares, comments, and views.
1: Yeah. And- Meta
0: thinking. Think about your thinking. Think about your beliefs, your assumptions about your life and business. And what am I actually trying to achieve here? And, and how is what I'm doing helping me? Why can't I get up at fucking 5 o'clock and do a workout? Why don't I just try it? What's the worst yep. thing that happens? I just throw up on the gym floor and then I don't do it again.
1: A lot of people, it's and we, we always end up back here. It's ego, they, they, they don't want to have the bollocks to step away from the misery and to present themselves as an expert and to behave as an expert behaves. No, they're, 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 there's comfort in free calls. There's comfort in free quotes. There's comfort in charging yourself out at fifty pounds an hour, which might even be a little bit high for most freelancers. I'm not sure.
0: Alright, right, alright, the average is about forty pounds an hour. I won't get out of bed for forty pounds
1: an hour. No, definitely not. It is is two of these for an hour's babe. work?
0: Fuck off! Yeah, no what way. In, what? Not interested. Not happening. Not um, one. My ass has a hole in it yeah
1: so it's ego it's, it,
0: it, it, it is and i suppose there's comfort in misery as well because everyone else is of course, miserable. Of course. And if, if, if
1: you attempt to make your life better and you don't have some form of instant success people will point and laugh they will look yeah. at them They, they 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 thought they were better than us or if they come crawling back i'll tell them what i think of them all of that
0: crab, it's the crab bucket thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know that one? You know the crab Rather than say a crab escape, the rest will fucking drag it down. And it, it's and, you know, it's not just in business this happens. You know, you imagine a group of guys sitting around a table in a pub and they're all a bit overweight. And one of them says, Fuck it, I'm I'm gonna give up drinking, I'm gonna start going to the gym on Monday. What would his mates be going? What would his mates be saying? Ah, you never fucking do. It. Have another beer, mate. Stop your fucking whining they'll drag him down and it, like, it seems like bantam and it may be at first but then as the guy stops drinking and he starts to better himself in physically and gets healthier and looking better it gets a bit more serious doesn't it?
1: Yeah and they'll go oh, James ain't been at the pub at the while He's yeah. changed Yeah he'll, he'll be back He ain't the same is he? No
0: he, yeah. He's a bit of a prick now Yeah exactly exactly like that No I'm not the fucking same I've grown Yeah well, I want to be the same. Is, and, yeah. But it's so much easier to, to sit there in a group and, and and to act like the echo chamber, to act like this fucking bucket of crabs than it is to sit there and say, actually, it's got a point. We are all a bit fucking overweight. Yeah, and yeah.
1: you shouldn't worry what those people think no, of you. You shouldn't 100%. hang around with them. And when you walk away from them, you should cut ties immediately. And you sh- you're only worried about what they think of you is if deep down you have a plan to go back to them and there you'll fail. So if this doesn't work out, I suppose I can go and be with my friends again so I can't behave in such a way that will upset them because I might want to go back. No, sometimes you've got to burn the bridge. <laughs> people actually think like oh, that, Christ. Yeah, John, this is an NT line of thinking. Complete, no, that's, that's very scary. typical line of thinking. I, I know people that meet with people that they don't like, that pretend to like and still meet up with them. In hopes that one day the person that they don't like might become someone that they like again, and therefore they wouldn't have burnt the bridge.
0: Well, I suppose human beings do have this tendency to try and cling on to what we've got. Mm-hmm. Familiarity, we, know this, isn't it? we know this in sales, it's a, you know, it's a fundamental in copywriting, and that's why we have scarcity and stuff because you don't want to lose the opportunity of having something. Yeah. Anyway. That's the first thing. Meta thinking. Think about the fundamental assumptions in your business and your life, because what you believe about your life and business will dictate how you think about it. Because the moment yeah. you believe, actually, maybe I can get up in the morning and do a workout. Well, mm-hmm. when you start thinking, oh, okay, how how does that work? How does that look like? What does it look like? What time do I need to get up to get into the gym for ten to six to finish for ten past seven? So I can then have, a, have a, my post-workout and a shower before I walk the dogs that tend to wait with Sarah. Then you start thinking, of how do I do this? Because let's assume it's true. And then once you start thinking about it, then you can take different actions. And then of course you get different results, probably. But it all starts with you thinking about what possible, assumptions, beliefs.
1: I believe, in my opinion, especially for the NTs out there, the hardest part, is going to be recognizing what beliefs you have. Because all of this it happens on autopilot. It, yeah. It's completely unconscious, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. It's
1: habit, it's routine.
0: Yeah, so, you don't question it because you know it's true.
1: Exactly. It doesn't ever come to uh, your conscious. It doesn't come to the the front of your brain to think about because it, it just happens. It always has done. It's worked like it's, it's, this. It's this is
0: true as well, you know.
1: Oh yeah, we, we never stand up straight. They're, they're, they're solid, you know. We, we don't challenge that. So anytime that you do have a belief, you've got to ask yourself, you know, why do I believe this? Much how John, you had that moment of, oh God. Well, here's another, a why can't I?
0: Here's, a, here's another thing as well, a rule of thumb for everybody listening to this. When you start to question people's beliefs, and I don't just mean their religious beliefs either. I mean when you start to question people's deep-seated beliefs about business, about life and things. You, you can tell often when you've, when you've really hit a, hit a nerve because they get angry and defensive. And I know that the people, and just, you know when I talk about charging for upfront front for calls, people do get angry about it. They say it's unethical. At least I'm true to myself if I don't charge. What does that even mean? You know? But you know, when they start doing that, they feel uncomfortable because they know that belief is just a belief. And they will defend it out of emotion and anger, like standing on a hilltop. I'm not giving up this hilltop. I'm going to keep believing it because to believe otherwise is too fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So you, you know that when, when people start getting angry about these things, you know that you're, you're onto something. And it's really worth looking at because you, you can then start to think, well, where do I get angry about my own beliefs? Yeah. And it, is it because I actually know that it's an unsafe assumption to, to be making? Why am I so angry about people questioning something I believe? Why do I care what they think? Is it because actually I'm questioning it myself, but don't want to, you know, don't. Anyway, span it really, I suppose.
1: It is, I suppose the one thing I'd say, lastly on this matter, is uh, start documenting your beliefs.
0: Well, you find journaling very useful, don't you?
1: I, I challenge my beliefs often in this journal right here. so. Anytime I have a thought on something, I, I write the thought down and ask myself, why? Why do I believe this to be true? Why? Well, you know, where's the evidence? And I almost go through a Socratic method of questioning with myself um, to figure out where I've been going wrong. I, you know, I found myself recently in the business, and you'll know this, being increasingly stubborn about things, just about various different areas of the business, just being stubborn. And then I caught myself one day. I was like, why? Why, well why can't we change this and I sat noticed. down so, i know you noticed it and <laughs> it, for me it made perfect sense but i put it the only re- thing that got me to stop is i caught myself one day being a stubborn little cunt and i wrote just... down in my journal why am i being so stubborn about x and y and i went through it with myself and then, <laughs> then i come back and went yeah fair enough john i don't give a fuck anymore to do what we like
0: not <laughs> getting into any details for the listeners Connor and I have got this relationship where Connor will resist doing things and get stubborn and I like, just ignore them and do them anyway. And then, then Connor would change his mind, usually. And it's, we don't, we have, I don't think we've ever fallen out or argued, ever. We? No. we have differences of opinion, but because we're both grown ups and, and such good friends and we trust each other, we can have a difference of opinion without it becoming personal or even heated. And, and in yeah. the end, we care so little. We, we don't have these hilltops to defend mm. to the death. So we often will just say, oh, fucking. But give it again if it doesn't work we'll do it another way then yeah but well, that's all actually someone said to me somebody said to me the other day you and connor are a really strange really strange couple how did you meet and i said well his dad was a good friend of mine and a client and then connor started coming along and we became friends and he's like my best buddy now and i trust him implicitly which is true you know mm-hmm. people are amazed when i tell them i don't actually have direct access to the bank account <laughs> so you're telling me the business is in this
1: 25 year old long-haired specky-eyed spotty arthritic twat who can't keep his office clean
0: silly yeah. <laughs> speaking of which don't forget to pay that invoice
1: no no it's uh it's, it's, it's here
0: let me know when you've done it so i can tell her as well i mean she'll know yeah. anyway but i want to have a dialogue about it, a conversation
1: anyway the podcast right. doesn't need to hear yeah. this um, so, where do they go? Where are we? Well, what I would say
0: to? is a couple of things. I want all of them to challenge things about everything about their business, the fundamental assumptions, why they're doing it, whom they're speaking to. Why do they do things a certain way? Why are they married to the man or woman they're married to? Why are you living where you live? Why do you do what you do? Why do you work out in the evenings and not the mornings or in the mornings and not the evenings? All these things. Ask yourself everything you fucking do on autopilot. Why am I doing this? And the more autopilot it is, Ask yourself, why am I doing it? Yeah? And, and be honest about it. Don't just answer because. Really dig into it. Secondly, we've got an event, 11th and 12th of June. We don't have a venue yet, but it would either be north of London or in Leicester. Okay? It's two days, so you want to stay for at least two nights because you, we don't want to miss anything. It's going to be fucking epic. It's only 480 quid, including VAT. And you've got our usual currently but it's going up as soon as we've got a sales page up and you get you've got your usual double your money back guarantee by the lunchtime on the first day and we've never Definitely. had a single person clamoring it it will change your life and business and it's live and in person and if you've never been to a live event with me you have not fucking lived because if you think i'm a bit outrageous right now when you get me on that stage a couple of beers inside of me fucking hell i terrible other than that if you're interested to know more about what we do whether it's about the event or anything else email holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk in the meantime, oh, I can't say stay, stay, stay inside, wash, handle oh, the Stay safe, don't
1: get bombed, find a stay shelter.
0: <laughs> yeah, and other, or another thing, before you say, I stand with Ukraine, visit the page where you can offer to join Ukrainian Foreign Legion. i have much more respect for people joining the Ukrainian Foreign Legion than people changing their profile picture to a blue and yellow circle, saying, I stand with Ukraine. No, you don't. You sit and play with your phone on your sofa with Ukraine.
1: Yeah, you, you've taken crayons to your profile picture, not because you stand with Ukraine, but you want other people to think you're a good person. Yeah. And never mind. Do something, send some money, just, just do something that actually might help. Changing your profile picture. Putin ain't going onto your fucking LinkedIn, seeing what this social media copywriter, oh shit, she stands with Ukraine. Oh, the sales trainer, up. he stands with her too. Fuck.
0: Putin's terrified. Turn back.
1: We've made a mistake here, lads.
0: And I tell you what, I'm sick and tired of people showing support. Fuck show support, give support. And do it quietly, no one needs to hear about it.
1: Even a um, school in the local area, they, 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 they had a bright day about Ukraine. They've, they've raised thousands of pounds um, and loads of um, food, clothes, all, all stuff. And they've liaised with someone who was taking it to the border and fucking...
0: You mean done so much actually useful? Fucking amazing. Oh, I've, got go, I've got a go, I've got to go. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Love you all. See you next week. Bye-bye. See that, mate.